You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft with your host, Daniel Gare and Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how you doing today? Doing good. Ready to recap uh, national championship. We've got declarations and uh, I guess I'm not sure what the word for it is for staying in school. We got those coming in, uh, which means that, you know, draft season is really upon us at this point. You know, we've got the all some of the all-star games kicking off this weekend. So it's a fun time to be a person following the draft process. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, for me, a uh, little sad. Georgia won. Can't make fun of them for that anymore. Uh, not winning since 1980. Uh, but uh, just an outstanding performance defensively. I guess that when you're talking about this game, I think that's where you have to begin is the defensive performance from Georgia. Um, who really stood out for you defensively for the Georgia Bulldogs? I mean, at this point, it's more about really who didn't stand out. I mean, their whole, like you said, their whole defense was incredible. Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing that uh, was interesting to me was how they really didn't allow, and I think part of this was Alabama's decision in terms of scheming, that they didn't really allow Bryce Young to get outside the pocket and beat him with it with his legs. Um, they really kept him hemmed in, and obviously they have the athletes to track him down if he were to break the pocket, but he just didn't really do that that much, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, Nicobe Dean obviously had an awesome game. Uh, you know, that was kind of expected of him to be an incredible player. Um, you know, made a ton of plays all over the field, uh, just incredible speed as we've talked about time and time again. Uh, Lewis seen made some incredible plays, although there was one where him and Brian Robinson met in the open field and it was, you know, the collision that shook the earth where, uh, scene kind of hit him up high and they both just kind of stonewalled each other at full speed. And that was pretty cool to see. Uh, the entire Georgia defensive line was um, stellar. Uh, you know, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, a lot of people think might be the best player on that line. Uh, Trayvon Walker made a lot of plays. Jordan Davis was, you know, was Jordan Davis. Uh, Devonte Wyatt made a few plays. So really just their entire unit up front was really what kept this, what kind of kept Alabama from, being able to make explosive plays, I would say. Yeah, uh, definitely. And you, you touch on it, obviously. Against this Bama line, which is overall pretty good. Obviously, you have Owens, who's been an issue at right tackle. But getting four sacks and nine tackles for loss against them is a fairly impressive day up front. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and also just... Obviously, we're not going to touch a ton on Keely Ringo being he's not draft eligible, but he obviously had the game-winning interception. But opposite him, Darian Kendrick was mm-hmm. very good um, in this one. Um, yeah. Really, really been outstanding, especially the last, I would say, five weeks of the season. Yeah, I was going to say, like, just even just the play, just like the postseason, yeah. you know, yeah. or the, after the regular season, he's been, excuse me, incredible, so... 
he's somebody that's really helped his stock late in the process. Yeah, for sure. And obviously all these uh, linebackers have been performing fairly well. And you and I are both big fans of a scene. Um, So I, I just think there wasn't a guy that hurt himself in this uh, in the playoffs for this Georgia defense. I think everyone either helped themselves or maintained their draft stock. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, on that Alabama offense sticking on this matchup, um, was there anybody there that stood out to you? Um, I thought Brian Robinson did about what we expect. You know, I, I talked about him on our preview show about kind of how, you know, playing a different caliber of athlete might kind of expose his lack of speed. And I, I didn't think that was extremely the case. Um, I thought he still was able to make some nice plays. There was one point in the game where Alabama actually got running the ball decently well. He was able to get in the second level. So, you know, Robinson's going to be an older player, but he doesn't have that much tread on the tires because he's been down on the depth chart for so long. Um, and again, he's not, he is not the most explosive guy, but he's a guy that can really do, you know, everything for you. He can run the ball. He can pass. He's your standard kind of uh, Alabama running back. That's a Jack of, aside from like their elite uh, recruits. That's just kind of a Jack of all trades does everything pretty well. So I liked his performance. Uh, it sucks for Jameson Williams, obviously tearing his ACL uh, in this game. He's declared for the draft. Um, I, he might still be my wide receiver one just because his speed is very, it's unique. There's nobody else that maybe like a Tyree kill that has speed like him. And Hill is even different because Hill is so small. Whereas Jameson's yeah, like six, Hill's two. Five, ten, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was one play where they just ran a like a bubble screen basically to him on the uh, down near, near the sideline, and the way he just accelerates is is truly special. So he was, you know, until the injury, he was great in terms of their rest of their offense. Um, not, I mean, I thought Neil was decent. Uh, like you said, their offensive line wasn't, you know, didn't play super well, especially with relative to how they played in the first matchup of this game. Uh, so, and in terms of the receivers, you know. Slade Bolden had a few little plays here and there, I guess. Uh, a lot of the guys they went to after Jameson went down, you know, are underclass and who aren't yeah. eligible, like Ja'Cory Brooks and Aguille uh, Hall or Treshawn Holden. So a lot too made some nice plays again. Um, I, I think he'll probably be coming back as well. Uh, in terms of somebody that hurt themselves, Jaleel Billingsley, um, who's yeah. had a really just yeah. terrible season in all in all. He had four targets. He didn't catch any of them. Um, so most of those were, inc- were not accurate throws, but still just, and he's in the transfer portal now, probably going to go to Texas. So I had to guess because of the Sarkeesian connection, but just a, an awful season for a player that some people consider to be the quote best tight end in this class. Yeah, definitely. Very disappointing. Um, and like you said, it was just tough that Williams had to, had to end up tearing his ACL there. Um, and I think when you look at it, I don't think an ACL tear anymore is something that actually affects draft should affect draft stock. Um, cause you, you look at other guys, once they come back, they play full strength after nine months. And so, yes, he may miss a little time, but I don't think you should draft someone lower or I don't think their immediate availability should affect where you draft a guy when you have him on for five years. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like there's no reason for him to fall out of the first round still, because you can get him with that fifth year and be and say like, okay, like we're basically treating him like, you know, any other rookie in that we have, we'll use the fifth year, the, the first year as the kind of fifth year where he's just redshirting, getting back to full strength. And the timing does suck just because it will probably knock him out for a good portion of his, uh, 
rookie season, but we've seen guys do incredible medical miracles before. Um, and it seemed like he was walking pretty decently uh, on the sidelines when he was coming out of the locker room. And you know, obviously that's not an indication of his athletic ability with that injury and how he recovers. But, you know, I think the talent when he is healthy is just too great to pass up in my mind. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think that this should not affect his draft stock at all. Um, flipping over uh, to the Al- Alabama defense now. Um, I mean, obviously, statistically speaking, Christian Harris with three sacks and four tackles for loss was one of the standouts. But I thought in terms of just a guy that was – able to do his job fairly well is a guy that's actually coming back and that's Jordan battle. Mm -hmm. Um, well it, him coming back is a bit confusing to me just because he's really good already. Uh, but I thought he was one of the guys that when you watch the game, I thought he really stood out in just his consistency on a play by play basis. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this with some Alabama players before where, especially if they lose a national championship, they'll come back to try to kind of go out on a high note. But, you know, if for a guy who was pretty, I would say a pretty consensus, you know, top second round pick, um, you know, going back and risking injury is a pretty confusing decision in my mind. Uh, we're seeing something similar with Henry Toto. Um, and I think part of that is just because he hasn't been with Bama that long. So it's uh, kind of to get more acclimated system, uh, Harris kind of the same way, you know, he's got some issues to fix. So he's, um, that's a big reason why along the defensive line, you know, I thought DJ Dale had a nice game, um, at, at points, I guess, uh, their defensive line eventually kind of once Georgia moved some players around the second half and kind of changed what run schemes they were using, they were start they able to, they were able to get the run game going in the second half. Um, and you know, Will Anderson was godly uh, as expected, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can't, I I don't at this point you don't even mention his performance just because it was just just good by it was just okay by his standards. Uh yeah. any other player's standards it's a phenomenal game, but yeah. Um out, outside of that, I I didn't love what I saw out of the rest of this defensive line. Obviously Dallas Turner played pretty well as well, but uh He's underclassman, um, but and he's the, on the he's on the move as well. I believe yeah. he's transferring. Yeah, uh, I would say the draft eligible guys I thought weren't great along the no. defensive line. I thought they were fairly disappointing, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, cornerback wise as well, obviously no Job in this game. No, I'm or Armor Davis either. I thought. Yeah. No. No. Neither of them played. So they were just down to really young guys who just weren't really prepared to. Yeah. They they stop weren't. Had. They weren't really playing all that well. Kool Aid McKinstry had some issues. Played played all right, but just inconsistent at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, not unexpected for a younger player to have inconsistencies. So. Um, mm-hmm. and and that leaves us to the Georgia offense. Um. Obviously, Zamir White was uh, pretty good in a very uh, useful player in this one. 13 carries, 84 yards, only along a 19. So most of his yards were coming in consistent bunches there. Just uh, I, I thought he had a excellent game. 
Um, yeah, I would agree. Both of Georgia's running backs, James Cook yeah. as well, was very solid. Uh, had some, he had some more. Uh, yeah, he had one big chunk play really. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's a dynamic athlete that's going to be playing at the next level. Yeah, and Cook also, of course, adds a whole lot in the uh, passing game as well as a receiver, mm-hmm. uh, especially compared to Cook. But uh, Pickens, who has declared, um, had the one big play for 52 yards. Um, outside of that, didn't produce a whole lot. Uh, they really spread the ball around to a lot of different players. Um, and overall, didn't even pass the ball that much, just 26 attempts. Uh didn't really need to with how well that defense was playing. Um, so for, for me, if I had to pick a guy that helped their draft stock in the playoffs the most, it would either probably it's one of three between the running backs and Sailor, uh, Jim Mari Sailor, uh, the left tackle who will probably be transitioning into guard at the next level um thought he did a decent job against uh top top level edge rushers in both games um obviously had his flaws and his mess ups but when you look at him from the perspective of kicking him into guard a lot of times when he was getting beat was a lot of length issues i thought and just overall i think a lot of his mistakes are fixed by being a guard in terms of pass protection yeah, um, and that and he was the one who kicked over from left tackle to right guard uh, in the second half, and that was really the catalyst that opened up the Georgia offense. Um, you know, he did allow uh, one pressure, one hurry when he was uh, at left tackle, but then after that, when they put him to right guard, he was clean, and he was really helped opening up the running lanes. Uh, and then they put uh, Broderick Jones at left tackle, and he kind of shut all that down. So uh, that, <clears throat> that's a big reason why they were able to kind of get, come back in the second half and get the win, but – I agree with you. I like Salier a lot, especially at guard. Um, you know, he's got all that power, which a lot of these Georgia guys have. Yeah. Um, but and maybe just not the length and the movement skills to play left tackle at the next level, which is fine. Yeah, for sure. And uh, was there anyone else in this game that you wanted to hit on that we hadn't hit? I feel like do we need to talk about Setson Bennett <laughs> as a draftable prospect? All five nine, 190 pounds of him, sopping wet. Yeah, like. Listen, he's listed at 5'11", but this is like a Kyler Murray 5'11". Yeah, they, I mean, they admitted on the broadcast. They said he's 5'9". And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least he, Ky- Kyler is at least, you know, pretty thick. Like, he's got, you know, not, not he's not Russell Wilson thick, but, uh, you know, he's got some muscle to him, whereas there's not a lot on Setson. And, you know, you kind of saw it, just him getting ragdolled uh, sometimes. And obviously, in the beginning of the game, it was a little seemed a little big for him. So you wonder how that would translate to the NFL. Um I mean, he throws a nice ball sometimes, um, but I just think that lack of height and, you know, he's able to survive on a team that is loaded with five-star talent and, you know, keep them afloat and eventually obviously win a championship. But if that's not the case, there really isn't a point to having him on a roster. No, and I don't think it's he's a guy that's going to be expected to be anything. I think in terms of what you – have in the intangibles it looks like a decent intangible guy so maybe you give him a chance to see if he tests well maybe you give him a chance for a position change depending on how well he tests Mm -hmm. but like he just does not have the physical tools to be a nfl quarterback yeah i would agree (laughs) 
Yeah. So is that the only other guy? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the other guys on Georgia, they're such a young team that a lot of their, you know, skill position players that you can talk a lot about are underclassmen. So there really isn't a lot to talk about from that standpoint, honestly. Yep. So uh, that will move us on to uh, some draft decisions in terms of declarations and coming back to school. Guys, we already mentioned this game, Jordan Battle, Henry Toto, uh, Christian Harris. Um, we already mentioned them as uh, guys coming back. Um, Zamir White and George Pickens have both already declared, as has Nicobe Dean um, and Lewis Seen. Um, those have been declared. There are obviously expect a lot of other guys from this game to eventually declare, but just no decisions have been made at this time for those guys. Um, Zach Charbonnet, uh, running back from UCLA, is also uh, decided to come back to school. Um, any other uh, decisions that you want to uh, hit on? I think you hit on most of them. Um, I think, obviously, again, battle was pretty surprising for me. Um, just, again, for all the reasons we mentioned. Um, we mentioned, I think there's a pretty decent uh, smoke for uh, John Mechie leaving Alabama as well, which perhaps makes a little more sense uh, given that his, his ACL tear was a little earlier in the season. So, you know, he could play come uh, the start of next season. So that's interesting. Uh, Sam Laporta, uh, the tight end in Iowa decided to go back to school, which I wasn't that shocked by, even though he's, he's a good player. He has some fans. I feel like Iowa guys just tend to stay around except for Tyler Linderbaum, who, you know, is going to be a top 10 player in this prospect in this draft. Maybe not. Uh, he's a top 10 prospect in the draft. He might not be selected in the top 10 because he plays center. Um, but he's another one that came out today. He said he's declaring. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of just going down the list here, trying to find if any other names came up that were interesting uh, one way or the other, but yeah, uh, um, let's see. Go ahead. Didn't um, both the, uh, of the Ohio state DNs, um, uh, Zach yes. Harrison is returning. Um, okay. Tyreek Smith is not. Right. Okay. And that's, and uh, if, if correct if I'm wrong, but Smith is a senior and Harrison's a junior, but Smith could have come back because yes. of the COVID year. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. That probably makes sense. We've talked, I, I think, I think we've talked a good amount about Harrison on this show, but yeah. you know, he, I feel like he, after that Minnesota game, he just kind of fizzled out and we just didn't really hear a lot from him. So probably a good decision to, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it's hard. Do you want to be like a top 100 pick or do you want to give it a shot at being a, you know, first round pick? And, you know, if he doesn't progress, then he's probably still a top 100 pick. Maybe he drops around just because he's kind of plateauing, but. You yeah. Know, that's, I, I would assume if he plays similarly that he's more like that fourth round pick, just say still bet on the trades, but it's taken him four years under really good defensive line coaching. And he, the, I like arguably the best in the country, yeah. <laughs> yeah. especially so, for, especially for like that, uh, you know, outside pure outside defensive end, you know, there's arguably nobody better to coach that than Larry Johnson at Ohio state. Um, Chris Hinton, your guy from Michigan declared. Yeah. Yeah. So. Powerful. Like, like I said before, powerful hands, um, mm -hmm. needs, a, needs development needs to get into a spot with a good D line coach. But I think uh, he has some of the tools you look for. Uh, Jamari Salier also has declared um, mm -hmm. declared dirt while we were recording this podcast. So, okay. uh, um, one that I'm still waiting on is Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle from Clemson, who I liked yeah. a lot. Yeah, he um, missed a good chunk of the season. Yeah, and with the way Clemson operates, I'd expect him to be back because they like to keep guys around with the culture in that program. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him go back. So 
you're kind of seeing the uh, de- <clears throat> the defensive tackle class kind of round into shape with guys coming and going. Uh, it's looking up and down the list here. Uh, oh, there's, I'm, thinking, I'm trying to think, I think there was one more. That, oh, Leo Chanel, the inside linebacker from Wisconsin declared as a junior. Uh, he has a lot of fans. Uh, he's 6'2", 261, so he's a big linebacker, kind of a throwback type of player. But um, I know a lot of people really like him, so uh, he could be an interesting, uh, pretty high pick for somebody who would, on paper, doesn't really look like he's in the mold of the modern linebacker. Yeah. So that's for- interesting. Oh, and our, our guy, one of our guys, Damani Richardson, the safety from Texas A&M, has gone back to school, so we'll only yep. get yep. Leon only on Leon class. Uh, all right. Well, that's eh. fine, I guess. <laughs> at, at least we got the guy we like. We got one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a crazy time right now. I think the deadline is, it might have been, it's coming up, it's, it might have been today, actually, um, or it's coming up very soon. Uh, deadline for early draft uh, declaration. I, I thought I remember seeing at the beginning of the week, it was within five days uh, until January 17th to file declaration. So that's Monday. So they have this weekend and then that's the deadline. So I uh, only got a few days left for these guys. You know, this weekend is, I think there's a few all-star games. I want to say the Hula and the Tropical Bowl. I know Hula weekend. is. I don't, I believe Tropical Bowl is as well. Yeah. Okay. So you got those two and those are obviously, you know, small school, uh, college, college gridiron showcases this week in Fort Worth. So a lot of smaller school guys, lower profile prospects, but you know, some of those guys, I know one guy, uh, DeAndre Johnson, the defensive end from Miami, uh, he was at CGS and then got called up to the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl in LA. So that's kind of one of the cool things to see as you see these guys kind of just start making a circuit. And as they impress, they just kind of keep going and going and going on this uh, nationwide tour of uh, NFL scouting processes. Yeah, and uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting process coming up. Uh, like you said, we we will find out who the early uh, entries are um, into the NFL draft. So definitely something to keep our eyes on. And until then, let's get fired up. <laughs> 